This is Urban Tiger Radio, a project supported by CybermouseMultimedia.com, sponsors of our free weekly podcasts. Search for Urban Tiger Radio in the iTunes Store or on Stitcher.com and hit the subscribe button to receive free automatic downloads. Please remember to share and rate our show before you leave. Newton's third law of motion states that for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. I think that this law is incomplete. I have my own addition to it. Allerton's third and a half law of motion states that for every action there is also an equally unintended consequence. Take, for instance, the issue of the old Tate and Lau golden syrup tin. It has a picture of a dead lion losing bodily fluids while flies buzz around it, and a Bible quote in homily that reads, Out of the strong came forth sweetness. Now, for years, I thought that treacle came from the bodies of dead lions, possibly fermented by flies or bees. Now, was that the consequence that Tate and Lyle's action intended? Well, while we're on the subject, golden syrup is, coincidentally, a Newtonian fluid with a density of approximately 1,430 kilograms per cubic metre at room temperature, a coincidence that I believe bears out my hypothesis. Now, we all remember the invasion of 1898, suitably documented by the renowned historian H.G. Wells, and vividly reminded as we were by his later pseudo-relative Orson Wells. But we are privy to only one side of that particular argument. What if, for the Martians, Allerton's third and a half law of motion came into play? And I still believe treacle comes from lions. This is within that darkness. The silence of darkness began to fail. The avenue of the dead becoming lit by the soft fluorescent glow of a rising sun reflecting from the sides of the buildings. The crowd below settled unusually hushed and quiet with the light. Sol Yimin watched them from his first floor window, sorting the factions in his mind. Their numbers had grown intimidatingly since before first light, but he watched them now with a certain equanimity. He'd reached out, but there was nothing he could yet discern that would separate this crowd from the many others that had gathered there. He also knew that this could change in a moment. A limousine slid silently through their midst and halted across the avenue. A tall, slender human disembarked and turned to face the great hall beyond the avenue-wide steps that were its frontispiece. In his arms he cradled a small plexiglass dome. Solimin descended the steps to cross the plaza. Immediately the crowd saw him, full half of them turned. His assumptions had been correct. Raising their upper limbs, they pointed towards him, their eyes emptied of all except contempt and their minds echoing one word, betrayal. Inside the great hall of antiquities, the assembly 
was alive with speculation, yet their thoughts were unusually subdued by the sense of occasion. Above him, the translucent roof showed the remaining stars as hard, cold and uncompromising. Solimin hoped that by the end of this day, he too would no longer feel the need for compromise. He observed silently from the dais as the human came to the table, set down his dome and withdrew the stasis clamps. With the plexiglass removed, Sol Emin moved forward and reverently lifted the tablet from its 500-year resting place. Turning to the gathered assembly, he venerated this locked ancestral thought, then placed the tablet against his brow and began to project the patterns he found within. I am Sam Rami. I am a searcher after truth, and I am at once both lost and found. Allow me to describe my place. Solimin lowered the tablet. He stood for a moment in silence until he regained control of his lower limbs. He looked over to where the earth ambassador held station below and to one side of the altar and nodded in affirmation. This was indeed the mind of San Ramin, venerated on this world for five centuries. He raised the tablet once more and continued the projection. The thought faltered, then reached out and cloaked the assembly like a shroud. As a child, I watched our world become as one without sunset. That darkness which had once been ecliptic and a bringer of peace to our senses faded until all became continual clamour. Since the first trick of life, our minds had communicated. With the rising of the sun, our minds become interleaved, each thought becoming a ripple passing through a million minds to return shaped, compromised and polished. In the time of darkness, our minds unlocked, and we became as lost, single entities, with time for wonder at the things we had accomplished, and time for reflection, pause, assimilation, and retreat from the touch of those million thoughts. Throughout my youth, I watched the sky above us, by our very industry, become a dense, enclosing sphere. The light of the sun spawned light seeds across it, rooted and phosphorescent in a reddening arc that spanned the world. Our darkness was now infused with that same glow, and so the unlocking, the time for reflection, became at first tentative, then broken. Soon the pressure would begin. For beneath the weight of that sky, the heat of our industry began to circle back down upon itself. It is fair to tell that in that search for perfection of self, that daylight mingling of consciousness, we became that machine which sees only with the coldest of logic, that sees only that which will accomplish. Later, upon reflection, 
We may each see the folly of our production, but who may say, how can we tell? For by dark, we are only one island amongst many. After many seasons, each more intolerable than the last, the idea of the accelerator was formed. Within a season, its huge, tubular bulk squatted around the equator, reaching upwards until its tip broached the atmosphere, and it was said that within its breach could be heard the whispering of the stars and the rumours of distant songs. Our cylinders were to be accelerated by the simple device of evacuating the chamber, then with the aid of a small explosive impulse, allowing the terrible weight of our atmosphere to flood in, pushing them violently along the length of the accelerator. We were packed four to a cylinder, along with all that was thought necessary to ensure our survival. Solly Min hesitated, and with a little effort lowered the tablet. The assembly swayed to the first touch of pain within the thought of San Ramin as it stroked their minds with its hot, seeking tendrils. Solly Min forced his attention back to the projector. And now, from within this velvet quiet in which I find myself, this other world seems cold and hostile, and I find myself spent, and for what, I cannot tell. I twitch a limb, and the probe wavers uncertainly above my cabin. I am too feeble to assume the patterns required to engage the heat projector. Outside my viewplate, thought nightmares jabber and point cruelly at my discomfort. I, I struggle to rise, but the tripod is broken and twisted beneath the weight of the machine. Outside the great hall, the crowd huddled together, diminished and trembling beneath the power of the mind of San Ramin, relayed here across the plaza and from there to all corners of the planet. The shock of our arrival was both sudden and several as the cylinder skipped across the land as might a hard pebble until it came to rest upon its side. We lay in silence, recovering as the ablation shield cooled and cracked until, slowly, we could begin to unscrew the lid. Outside the cylinder was darkness a welcome, physical, hard, cold darkness that enveloped our minds like a salve after our months-long exposure to an unfettered sun. Following instructions, we quickly erected our shelter and changed the atmosphere within. We settled down there to wait for the dawn. Above us, through the pale envelope of our shelter, we saw that the darkness was relieved only by a scattering of stars. I remember at that time feeling the beginnings of a first true peace, but with the dawn came the light and an end of those beginnings. A searing brightness filled one edge of the sky, moving slowly above a horizon so vast it seemed the hills rolled away as far as my eye could see. With that light, came the first contact 
In that instant, we shared all that we had discovered since the arrival of the first cylinder. I have since become accustomed to the light, though after the heat and pressure of our world, this place is cold beyond belief and the atmosphere both caustic and rare. There is a precipitation that burns our flesh, cratering the skin with unhealing sores. Life outside the cabins is at once vivid, vicious and intolerable. We find that communication between us is enhanced. We think perhaps by the closer proximity of the sun. Our minds are linked with such clarity that we become alarmed by the ease with which we found ourselves engulfed. Within that clarity, we assemble our machines. Sol Yimin paused to look out over the assembly. On both sides there were those who despised this growing alliance of Mars and Earth as one of betrayal. They had been there for five hundred years, despite the advent of the selective projector. And now, this day... Both he and they were about to be washed in truth, and one of them would drown. He raised the tablet and continued. We had prepared for the eventuality of finding life upon this world, despite its moist and prohibitive atmosphere, and our machines carried an offensive capability in which we had but been briefly trained. Perhaps we may be found to have been guilty of overreaction in its use, and no more. I allow you this judgment, but in mitigation, after the attacks upon the first cylinders, fear became a strong and irresistible current within our mind. Subsequent attacks seemed only to affirm the hostility of the indigenous life forms. They swarm upon us with their implements, and we find their thought patterns intrusive and intolerable. Sol Yimin reached out for the crowd's reaction. Discounting the ordinary and the ambivalent, he found it in those who believed that war was inevitable. A growing depth of exultation and conviction. With an increasing concern for the future, he went on. We had little alternative but to tend to the task of clearing an area in which we could accomplish our mission. Fear and desperation drove us in that time. Fear for ourselves, fear of failure, knowing that the deliverance of our race rested solely upon success. Fear, too, of the native life forms. Their thought patterns are intrusive but completely alien and there is no common ground. We destroy them in the absence of time in which to reach an understanding. This world is hostile and our resources are meagre. Time is our enemy, and in the time we had, we have wrought a holocaust. A holocaust drowned in our own fear, amplified by a sun of unusual proximity. We had no choice. If a race expends its best energies in order that it might survive, and if that same race consumes its last resources, so that its best thinkers can be delivered outside of that all-engulfing clamour so they may find peace within a darkness in some other place. 
a place in which racial salvation may be sought in reflection and quiet consideration, then those minds are not free. The means of our defeat are unclear. It may be an acceleration of age brought about by the power of the light, for I feel aged and weak. It may be a microorganism to which we have little defence. I do not know, and it is futile now to speculate. Only these things are certain. My limbs are unsure and unsteady. My mind is filled with images of needless death. My body is filled with pain. Outside, it is mercifully dark, and my tormentors have fled. Our collective scream has subsided with the light, and I am quite alone. Soli Min held the thought, listening to the crowd outside. From them came a sense of satisfying darkness. He allowed it to envelop him, and from within that silent pool of drowning prejudice, he continued, I, Sun Ramin, leave this record in the full and certain knowledge that I, we, have failed, and in the faint hope that it may be found and accepted by those that assail us, should they one day aspire to intellect. The light within my cabin has faded, and I know that the darkness in which I find myself shall be my last. For within that darkness comes silence. Within that silence comes peace. Within that peace you find me here, who once was lost. Sol Min lowered the tablet from his brow. A thought echoed from his extended projector. All hail to thee, San Ramin. The assembly stood in silent reverence. Sol Min raised the tablet toward the sky. The thought was echoed by a million minds. All Hail. The assembly lowered itself to the ground. Sol Emin began the litany. All hail to thee, our ancestors, whose passing rent the sky. Outside the grand hall, Sol Emin turned to the earth ambassador. Thank you, my friend. The return of this artefact can only serve to establish complete trust between our races. The ambassador looked up to where the sun fell hard and short across the close horizon. San Ramin should see this light. Solimin made a comforting gesture. San Ramin has his darkness, in which one day we shall both share. The ambassador smiled as they walked towards the enveloping city. Then together we may alleviate his sense of failure, my friend. Indeed, said Sol Emin, and toast his inadvertent success. 
He gripped the ambassador's arm and led him from the avenue of the dead to where the streets now bustled in the light. From my childhood, I remember the stories, he said, of the rushing of atmosphere along the accelerator, of the tremendous whirlwind that developed about its breach that for many years no one could approach and live, of the way in which the balance of the upper layers was inverted and the phosphorescence fell like a golden rain about the land. He steered the ambassador around a corner, his projector caught and guided by the thought beacon of a nearby hotel. He pulled the heavy cloak more firmly about him, and of the return of the darkness, he said. Well, that's all for this week's show, folks. I hope you enjoyed your free podcast from Urban Tiger Radio. And if you've hit that subscribe button, you'll be hearing from us again in a week's time. So it's a goodbye from me and a from Nelly. Bye-bye.